You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. So I'm excited to, to share with you this morning. I have a word that I believe is a prophetic word. At the beginning of every year, the Lord always speaks to me. And you'll find that if you, you set your satellite dish to hear from Him, He will speak to you too. And the big thing about our church is, you know, yes, God appoints leaders and heads and it's right. But my hope for you is that you hear the voice of the Lord for yourself. I want you to have your own relationship with the Lord, not live off the sound bites of others as much as they help us, but, but to hear what God has said and what He is saying to you. What's He saying to you? So I've been on a little bit of a mission of late. Um, I, I have been privy because of the wonderful influence that millennials and hipsters have had on our society in that they get the connect group revelation more than most churches. So gone are the days where they had the little, the little tables with two chairs. You come and you sit as a couple. Now they've got the, you are forced into community. In a lot of these new coffee shops, they are forcing you to be friends. And, And it's a wonderful thing. It's a good thing. But it has made me a terrible eavesdropper. (laughs) Uh, There are times where I'm sitting there with my Bible and my coffee and I'm sat next to a couple and I, I honestly, I'm just like, what they're saying is far more interesting than what I'm doing. So I'm going to pretend whilst busybodying. But you know what I've noticed? I've noticed a common cry coming from humanity. Most of the conversations of late, and I believe it is the Lord triggering me as one of the leaders in his church in San Diego to listen to the cry of the people. Many of the conversations I'm eavesdropping on, the the topic of conversation is around fear, anxiety, panic attacks. One that I was listening to the other day, they were talking about the trauma that their teenage daughter was suffering with as it related to anxiety. A couple of days later, I got a text message from my children's Christian school saying that they wanted to call an emergency parent meeting for all the kids in lower school. We're talking five through to 11 who are struggling with anxiety. And honestly, something in my spirit just went no. It is enough now. We are an empowered church who have been filled with the Spirit of God to have food in our house that fulfills and satisfies the needs of the people. There's a scripture that I want to share that I want you to really hear as the word of the Lord for us today as we come against and really bring freedom from fear, starting with ourselves, of course, but then let it spread out. Because I'm believing prophetically that this generation that they have said has been marked by fear and anxiety will be marked instead with the joy of the Lord. I'm going to prophesy a different prophecy over our young people because I'm not having it. I'm not having it and God's not having it and all the limbs are involved in that. Listen to this scripture. Matthew 3 verse 10. The axe 
is already at the root of the trees. Oh, bam, hashtag boom, drop that mic. God is not sharpening his axe. Oh, it is sharp, my friends. And it is already at the root of the tree. What kind of tree, may you ask? Every tree that does not produce good fruit. Tell me the, the good fruit that fear has produced from your life. Yeah, thumbs down. Fear produces no good fruit. Can you imagine for a second how differently your life would look if you were no longer a slave to fear? If you no longer had fear as your master, but instead cried, Abba, Father, and understood that you're a son or daughter of God, had a true revelation of it. Because the thing is, we sit in church and we hear it, but we don't know it in our Noah but we're going to know it in our Noah and we're going to live a different 2020. I wonder what God would write on your vision card for 2020. You know, I, I love Vision Sunday. I love it. But I almost have conversations with God like, God, it doesn't matter what I put on this because I'm going to do whatever you say anyway. I'm going where you tell me to go. I'm doing what you tell me to do. I'm going to be obedient to what you tell me to be obedient to. He said, Leanne, will you let me prioritize your vision card in 2020? Because at the top, I will put freedom from fear. Not only will you be free from fear, but you are going to bring freedom to the captives who have been enslaved by this wicked. Let me tell you right now, if you think your fears are serving you, they're not. We've got to hate this spirit. And we have to be aggressive in bringing it down because it is aggressive in its torment of you and your children after you. And I say enough now in Jesus' name. I will preach. Thank you, Quacha. Second Timothy. If I'm getting an amen from Quacha, it's a good day. Second Timothy 1 verse 7. And receive it as a word from the Lord. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. If you are walking in fear today, it is not a gift that God has given you. And right here, Paul breaks it down. It's a spirit. It's a demon. And its intent is to fill you with its nature. Resist, resist, resist. God has more for you. What does he have? A spirit of power. You are not a victim. You're an overcomer. A winner lives on the inside of you. A spirit of love. We're in the middle of Connect Group Week, and you will find that fear will try to suffocate, squash, and diminish the love relationships in your life. It will have you afraid of being known and knowing others. It will have you afraid of being loved and loving others. But God has so much more for you. And the soundness of mind when we look at the trouble and the affliction and the cry of the people, is it not panic attacks? Is it not anxiety? Is it not terror and trauma and I can't leave the house and I have this disorder and that disorder? It's not a feeling. It's not anything that can be solved long term with medication. It is time to deal with the root. God has laid his axe to the root of the tree, and that bad boy is coming down. Will you let God have his way in your life and destroy every tree that is bearing bad fruit? How differently will you live your life when fear is no longer your master? It's time, it's time, it's time.
man. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take a minute to, to describe some of the symptoms. And I, I wager if I did a survey that within this room, we would find that most of us have fears around the same issues. And you may find yourself in one or two of these symptoms today. You may find yourself in all of them. But it matters not because Jesus is big enough to deal with the entire thing. When you surrender, the only way that your life will not change is when you close up instead of opening up to what the Lord wants to do. So we're going to take care of some business. We're going to take care of some business. First symptom is fear will tell you to expect the worst. You remember Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh? Oh dear, it looks like rain. And we all know those people who have a fearful confession. And sadly, quite often it ends up becoming a self-fulfilling prophecy over their lives. They're the ones who say, oh, that always happens to me. Oh, if there's a puddle, I'll step in it. If there's some dog poop, I'm going to tread in it. If there's a rain cloud, sure enough, I'll be standing under it. You know, they have all these confessions and quite often they become the reality that they live under. Instead of having a revelation, I am a child of God. The Bible tells me in the psalm that my God is a sun and a shield. What does a shield do? It protects you, right? So you live under as a child of God. Look, if you're not a child of God here today in the sense that you haven't asked the Lord into your life, if you haven't come to the realization that you're one of God's kids, then, then this actually doesn't apply to you. You're fair game. So I'm just going to say that because there's people here today and you're wondering why your life's a mess. It's because you haven't given it to your creator. You're trying to walk in your own strength. But listen, when, you're a, when you have an understanding that you're God's kid, when you have, you have aligned yourself to the statutes of God, you're, you're living for him as best you can, you're washed in the blood, you, you believe that the Lord is, is your saviour, you shouldn't expect bad things to happen. The signature of God is not suffering and trouble. Sure, they come, but the signature of God is faithfulness. The signature of God is goodness. The signature of God is, oh my gosh, you'll never guess what happened to me. Everybody else got swine flu except me. <laughs> you know, I had to deal with this in my own life because I had a predisposition to fear. And I've always been a happy-go-lucky kid. I'm the fourth of five girls, so I was at the, I was at the fun end of the kids. You know, the, alpha, the alphas are born at the beginning and they make sure everybody's doing the right thing. And my big sisters would buy the birthday card. I'd just have to sign it. That kind of life. This is from all of us, but not really. It's from me. These guys did nothing. Um, I was at that end. So I had this relaxed, happy-go-lucky. But then this major diversion and distinction where, where I would go very quickly to the worst-case scenario. And my mum used to say to me, Leanne, Edith Gray, you borrow trouble. You borrow trouble, because I'd be like, well, when we go water skiing, because we went water skiing every summer, um, what if I fall off and get mauled by a shark, like in the Jaws movie? And, and I literally was in a position where we did go water skiing in a freshwater lake, mind you. <laughs> I fall off 
And my fears had so created within me an irrational world, and that's what fear does, has you doubting God's love, has you doubting God's protection, has you doubting the word of God, has you doubting that you're favored. And so I'm in this freshwater lake, and, and the kind of boat stop, but I have to swim. And all of a sudden, I'm like, in my head, I'm like, Leanne, you're being chased by a shark. You're going to get eaten. Go, go, go. And I scrambled so much to get in the boat that I almost cut my leg open on the propeller. Okay, so this is what fear does. It makes you act irrationally because what fear does is it grabs you and it gets you to focus on everything that's negative. Most of us are not great multitaskers. So we'll be grabbed by fear, and it paralyzes us to think and to see God in the midst of our current sphere. And our current sphere is everything is going to go to custard. No! You're a child of God. You should expect, like the psalm says, to walk in favor, to walk in blessing, to walk in provision, to have great things, great unexpected things to happen to you on a daily basis even. Can we remove the shades of fear and put on the shades of God's perfect love and favor. I reckon your life would look a whole lot more differently if you did. Amen. Amen. The second thing that fear does is that fear will tell you, and this may seem like I'm contradicting myself, but I'm not, that your life should be safe. If there's any bump in the road, if there is any deviation from the... God, what's happening? Can I just tell you today, the Christian life is not a safe life. It's not a safe. Do you know that when the Israelites journeyed into the promised land, the Bible says that God kept giants and enemies in the land so they wouldn't be weak and soft. What do we love about movies? We love that there's a good guy, a bad guy, a villain, a damsel to be rescued, a mountain to conquer an adventure to be born, but in the end, it all works out good. This, my friends, is a divine invention. It's how our lives should look. The Bible actually says many are the afflictions of the righteous, but it does not stop there. The Lord will deliver us out of them all. You were born for an adventure, not a safe life. And I think especially in the Western world, particularly American churches, we want to sanitize Jesus and, and Christianity and disinfect the cross. And Peter spoke to it. He said, please, don't be surprised when the fiery trial comes upon you to test you. And it's okay. We're going to go through some days that, oh, this is an adventure, but it hurts so good because God is producing a strength in me that was not there. But fear will tell you everything has to be vanilla. And you turn into a risk assessment officer. And th when things don't go according to your plan, it's like, where are you, God? God is not a snowplow parent. He doesn't push every obstacle out of the way. Chicka, 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 chicka. And he's also not a helicopter parent. He's completely secure. He sits on the throne and he's not nervous one bit. He's even lolling. Wow. Laughing out loud. <laughs> For those of you, wow. Do you not speak millennial? You're going through the worst drama, maybe part of that adventure ride, but he sits on his throne and he's sitting because he's at peace because he knows how your story ends. 
Fear will lie to you, but I'm telling you, God has got an adventure for you. Point number three. All right, get ready, get ready, women. And, and men, but particularly women. Fear turned you into a control freak. Here's the thing, because fear will control you and turn you into a controller. And, and the Bible tells us, uh, I believe it's in the book of John. Did I write it down? Romans. You have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. So here's the thing. Uh, when you allow fear to dominate your life, you become a slave. You are in bondage to fear. Okay? So then we see this happen. We see it played out across every continent of planet Earth. And every mother worth her salt is going to have to wrestle fear to the ground. And right now we're seeing the collateral damage of a generation. And listen, we can't pipe off about the millennials and the hipsters and so on and so forth. They were raised by the Gen Xs and the boomers. You created that. You made that happen because you were a snowplow and you were a helicopter and now we've got the most fearful generation, but God is coming in and saying, I'm dealing with that. I'm, I'm laying my axe to the root. And so now we've got a whole lot of men that are being controlled by their wives. That's why they're growing those super long beards, and I'm not calling you out of here, because they're like, I want the world to know that I actually am a man, even though I'm so freaking whipped. And I'm scared of my wife. I am a man, I'm a man, I'm a man. I'm going to grow a beard. And then she says, shave that beard off. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. And, and we have surpassed the, the, the days of, of fear and phobia around food. Used to be eat organic. Oh, no, 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 my friends. Unless you are growing your own, nay, unless you are a farmer, you are not even close to being a responsible parent. We have to become farmers now. We're farmers now. How sad. We've got our hipster husbands sitting out there wearing clothes they don't want to wear, skinny jeans that they despise, whittling toys out of wood because... The mums have phobia about their kids playing with plastic toys. I'm not going to let my kids play with plastic toys. So your flipping husband out. Well, thank God he's got something to whittle to get rid of all that sexual frustration because I'm being controlled. I'm going to whittle me a... Whittling me a dollhouse. You come out there, he's done like Buckingham Palace because there's so much pent-up energy in there. Controlling, controlling. But here's the thing. You can't control life. And if you try to control people, they will secretly, and in other cases, not so secretly, despise you. They'll have a smile and a long beard and a flannel shirt and some very tight jeans but on the inside, they resent your control. It is time. We are done with fear and all its influences. You have to pick up control and manipulation 
and you have to manage your family so you don't feel afraid, stop it. Let Jesus take the wheel. There are some things in life you can, I'm not talking about not being responsible and letting your kids live off blue Gatorade and French fries. But what I am saying is relax, calm the heck down. It's, it's true. Listen, I know from experience because I am the child of a father who decided he would make the entire family vegan for a few years. So I grew up and flavoured yogurt was a treat. I would lose my mind over a strawberry yogurt. And I'm going to be honest with you, I would have sold my soul for a candy bar. <laughs> if the devil walked up with a Snickers, I would have said yes. Yes, this is, this is where we're drawing the line. But then I, it's amazing because my dad, because he had an obsession with food and he's spoken about this publicly, uh, eating disorders, he, he had such fear around food that he would feed us something called nut meat. And now yeah, vegans these days, they, they got it pretty good, all right? Not in my day. We, we had to eat a substance called nut meat that came out of a can. There is nothing more disgusting than something masquerading as meat. That, please just, at that point, just eat lettuce. Come on, let's. But here's the funny thing. You can't control life. My dad walked out the front door one day when we were little girls after micromanaging every bit of food that went in our mouth, so much so that he would wash the sauce off baked beans because he didn't want us having that extra sugar. He walks out the door one morning to go to walk, work and on the way he passes my sister who was three at the time and she was sucking on a dead rat's head that the cat had killed. So for all our trying, for all our controlling, we can't stop life. You're controlling, you're making everybody miserable, but your kids are still gonna find a dead rat's head and suck on it when you ain't looking. So relax. Trust in the Lord. Lean not on your own understanding. And there's a reason we say grace, because we need to. We need to. I saw a, a woman, God bless, vegan, made her kids be vegan. And I, if you want to be vegan, rock on. But when you make your kids do it, I, I couldn't wait to leave home and I just ate myself into a coma. That was one of the reasons I got married at 17. Oh, dear God, I want pizza. So... <laughs> a vegan... And she's like, happy birthday to my son. I made him a cake out of watermelon. <laughs> and then wrote happy birthday on it with almond paste. And I wanted to say, the only thing missing from that cake is a question mark at the end of happy birthday. <laughs> happy birthday? <laughs> you know what makes a birthday happy? Cake. Lots of gluten-filled, artificial colouring with those sprinkles that look like ball bearings but aren't, that taste amazing, kind of cake. Put the devil's tool 
of control down and face the facts. You are a slave to fear, and the Lord wants to set you free. It is time. It is time. I mean, the amount of sunscreen we put on our kids these days, it takes two hours. And then we put them in the pool and they look like they're fully clothed. Where's Billy going? Is he going to Antarctica? No, Billy's going for a swim in a burqa. Wow, why? You know, when I was a kid, I got so sunburned every summer that my skin peeled off like a snake, and I'm fine. So relax. Point number four. Fear causes you to shrink back. And, and I so strongly feel today, my friends, that there is territory that the Lord wants you to take that you have yet to possess. But because fear has held you back, whatever that looks like and how it has manifest in your life, you are yet to possess it. There is homes to be purchased. There are businesses that need to be started. There are relationships that the Lord wants to bring you. But fear has told you, don't step out because faith requires risk and you don't want to fail. What will people say if you fail? Hey, what does the Bible say? The righteous man may fall down seven times, but he keeps getting back up again. Don't fear failure. Fear not stepping out. You think the biggest sin may be, oh, you smoked a little cigarette or you dropped the F-bomb. I actually don't think God cares too much about those things. But I think we are going to get to heaven and he's going to say, there was so much potential that you did not step into. The greatest sin, oh, there were so many things that you did not yet possess because you were afraid. Oh, what did Jesus say every time his disciples were afraid? Why are you afraid? I'm here. And I think half the problem sometimes is we think we're alone. You're not alone. What was the last thing Jesus said? And yea, I will be with you, even always to the end of the age. What would you do if you knew God was with you? If you had Big Daddy standing behind you, would the world look a little bit different? Would you take a step that fear is now telling you that you cannot take? I know it to be true because it's been the biggest battle of my lifetime. I, I was not one of those people, you hear those stories, when I was five, the Lord spoke to me and said I was going to be a preacher to the nations. So I bought a domain name, Leanne Matesius Ministries, and I had an Instagram page made with quotes of me, with me doing various preacher poses. And things like, that never happened. Actually, quite honestly, I loved entertaining my friends and family. I, I, I love people and love life. But the thought of standing up on a sh stage and sharing, nightmare. Nightmare. I don't want to do that. Tenth grade education. I didn't even graduate high school in the world's standards. And yet... God placed something on the inside of me that he said, you need to develop this. We, we see in the parable of the talents in the book of Matthew, God speaking about three different men, each given a talent, five, two, one. Reality is most of us have got maybe two or one. And I would say I got one. But baby, I'm going to work it. I'm going to flip and work it. I am not going to put that thing in the ground and arrive to heaven going... Oh, 
Leanne, there was so much potential in you. But fear stopped you from, from possessing what I had called you to possess. When I was a young, young pastor's wife, and I married Jürgen because I loved him, not because I wanted to become a pastor or, you know, God had spoken to me when I was a young girl about what my future was. I felt like I married Jürgen and I became a minister by default. It's not true. God calls couples. Actually, God calls families. And Jürgen said to me, Leanne, and I praise God for a husband who has not let me be a coward. And I would encourage you today, men, there's gold in your wives. And wives, there's gold in your husbands. It's our job to draw out what fear has told them needs to lay dormant. A lot of us say, oh, I want a man of great courage. Well, you're putting courage in him. What did, what did, what did God say to Joshua? Be strong and courageous. Be strong and very courageous. Be very, very courageous. Five times he put courage in him. And then he was able to take Jericho. But you want to decimate that man at home, tell him he's a good for nothing and talk about everything that's wrong with him all week and then wonder why he's despondent. Um, here's your sign. So my husband wouldn't let me stay. He wouldn't let me stay in fear. And he said, you're going to preach at the youth conference. This was over 20 years ago. And because my obedience at that point trumped my fearfulness, I said, all right, yes, I will. But then the night before I'd prepared a message, I was lying in bed and I seriously started manifesting. I'm like, I am not preaching and you can't make me. You get someone else who's more gifted and more bold and more passionate and you get them to do it. I am not doing this. I am not doing this. And he just grabbed me in bed and he put his arms around me and started to pray in tongues. And that made me like freak out even. I'm like, and then like... <laughs> I'm like, I want, I need this demon. It's served me, you're not, it's helping me. It's keeping me safe. And he kept going, so you know what I did? I bit him really hard on the arm, so hard, so hard on the arm. But he didn't react, he just started to laugh and he kept praying, praying in the Holy Ghost. And it's amazing. After a couple of minutes of me writhing and biting, I just felt this peace. And then the peace of God. That surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart, your mind, and your emotions, the three things that are under attack when fear is attacking you. And I got up the next day, and I preached the message, and it was the message of the conference. And I'm telling you, some of you, you've got to face your fears. My son talks about, my eldest son, how he had breakthrough in his life. He'd suffered terribly from bullying and rejection. And, uh, you know, he had a fear around being vulnerable because people had hurt him. And he said, you know, mum, you know, the greatest way that I got over my fear of rejection was door-to-door -door sales. He said, you'll never deal with rejection like you do when you have a door slammed in your face every day. He said, it's been the greatest strengthener. And some of you today are wanting to run away from your fears, but God is saying, confront them because I got your back. I got you. And I want you to develop the gift that I put on the inside of you. Here's the thing about God. The scripture that the Bible talks about in Matthew 25, 24 to 25, says the man who would receive one bag of gold, one talent, said, Master, I knew that you're a hard man. Lie. Straight away, this 
particular man's viewpoint has been shaped by fear. He completely misrepresents God. God is not hard or harsh. He's tender. He's loving. He's compassionate. He gives opportunity. He's gracious. Then he goes on to say, harvesting where you have not sown. Lie. God never expects a harvest from somewhere he hasn't sown. He is the consummate sower. And he has put a gifting and ability and some potential on the inside of you. And he is expecting a return. What are you going to do with what God put on the inside of you? Are you going to be a coward and shrink back? Or are you going to step up and say, God, I may have been intimidated by fear from now, from, from that period of my life till now, but no more. I'm going to trust in you. I'm going to believe in you. And I'm going to develop the gifting that you have placed on the inside of me. We have need of you. We need you. There isn't another you. There's something that you were meant to bring and deposit on this earth that nobody else can. I am convinced of it. And if you don't, the world will be at a loss because of what you let lay dormant in your life because fear was a louder voice than the love of God saying, come on, we got this. Point number five, fear robs you from your ability to have fulfilling relationships with others. We see it in Genesis chapter three, verses eight to 10, where Adam is aware now because of sin, of his nakedness, of his vulnerability. The Bible says that God came walking in the garden, so beautiful on this Connect Sunday. God's ultimate design and desire is to have relationship with his sons and daughters. And God knows everything, so he knows what happened, and yet he still comes. God's not afraid of your mess. He's not afraid of, of your vulnerabilities. Oh, I don't want to show God this. He'll, he'll think that I'm messy. Yeah, he already knows you are. <laughs> Bible says he's acquainted with all our ways. Don't hide from God. So we see that this scene here, Adam and Eve in the garden, is being replayed throughout the world, but even sadder in church. And for us, coming to San Diego, we didn't want to build another church like has been built right throughout the great nation of America where people file in, take some notes, tweet a few tweets, say hi to no one are known by no one, know no one, and then walk out the door and just continue in their life. That's not the kind of church that God wants to build. That's not the kind of relationships that He wants you to have. He wants you to be known and to know others. There is a heart's cry on the inside of every human for human connection. And if we don't get it the right way, we'll look for it the wrong way. We look at the world today and society I mean, young people have never been having so much sex, yet they've never had so little intimacy. Is it any wonder that they're putting their thoughts and feelings out into the stratosphere through social media because there's no one here to say, I, I don't have anyone to talk to here, so I've got to put it out there. Global venting, things that should be spoken of in private with a trusted friend, with a small group of people are now sent out into the stratosphere because we've been afraid, so we've hid. I wonder where fear has cost you relationally and how God is wanting to restore it. it means you're gonna have to be courageous. See, I was, I was hurt in church, my first experience in, in ministry, and I believe God allowed it 
so I could have the testimony I could have. But I was hurt. And when Pastor Jürgen and I first moved to C3 Oxford Falls, I, I went back to what was comfortable, what was familiar. And I had this perfect human shield called Jürgen with personality coming out of his ears who didn't seem to be afraid of any situation or any person. So I could just push him out in front. Look at him, look at him, everyone. Look at him. Yep, don't, no, 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 don't look at me. I know I, I look like a disco ball, but don't look at me. Look, look at him. But then the worst thing ever, hashtag the best thing ever happened. Jürgen got sick and he couldn't go to a meeting. So he sent me by myself. I'm in an unfamiliar territory. I don't know these people, they're new to me. And my default was, oh my gosh, if they see me, if they see my vulnerability, my nakedness, I'm afraid so I hid. If they see me, they could reject me and I will do everything I can to not feel the pain of rejection again. Just let me tell you today, that is an impossible, futile exploit, impossible. From now until the end of time, people are gonna be rejectors, they're gonna be buttheads, they're going to be exclusive. They're going to be gossips. So we can't wait for the world to change. We got to do the changing. We got to do the changing. So this particular event, I sat in the car and I waited up until about the meeting started because they'd set aside an hour of time for people to mingle in the foyer and chat. And I saw the people chatting. Friendships already built. And fear spoke to me, nobody's going to want to talk to you. They've all got their established groups. Look at them. They've got their little communities. You can't get in here. Why waste your time? And if they do see you, they'll just reject you like everybody else has. And I sat there for the longest time, fear screaming loudly. And then I just had this thought, oh my gosh, I am Leanne freaking Matesius. <laughs> And I am not going to be a slave to this fear anymore. Even if I walk into that room and I'm rejected, I'm left out I'm, and I'm excluded, I am not going to sit in this prison that I have created anymore. And I went in and lo and behold, amazingly, people were nice. It's not always going to be the case. But on this instance, they were. If you look for rejection, you're going to find it, my friends. But if you walk in in faith, it matters not who shakes your hand, who says hello, who invites you for a barbecue, because you've got Jesus on the inside of you, and security isn't coming from the hand of man or the words of men. I come in knowing who I am. I'm a child of God. The Lord has accepted me. The Lord calls me daughter. The Lord has said I'm worthy. The Lord has filled me with His Spirit. Everything else is the cherry on top. Finally, fear has you doubting God's love for you. And I want to hit so strongly on this because I hate this spirit. And this really is the message and the testimony of my life. There has been no battle I've faced like the battle of fear. But I believe this year for all of us, our church, we are going to go on a journey of freedom from fear. Um, growing up in a religious church, as wonderful as it was, I very much grew up thinking that God loved me when I was good and He shunned me when I was bad. And, and I knew me. I knew that 
like the nursery rhyme, when I was good, I was very, very good. But when I was bad, I was horrid. And, and in the horrid moments that God, I don't like you, like some sullen teenager that cuts you off and gives you the silent treatment when you don't do things His way. I remember one time in particular where I was lying in bed and fear's a tormentor. It's a tormentor. I was lying in bed and I was thinking about a particular fiery trial that I was going through. And in my head I thought, why is this happening? God, why are you punishing me? What have I done? What have I done? And it was amazing how my filter was that God was a punisher. God was a tormentor. When in fact it was the fear that had been whispering to me that was tormenting me. And my husband, even though it was the middle of the night and I was anxious and I couldn't sleep and I kept tossing and turning. And, and my husband who, who wouldn't wake up in an earthquake and when he's asleep, it's like he's in a coma. All of a sudden, around 3 a.m., he just reaches out his hand and he said, Leanne, God loves you. God loves you. God loves you. God loves you. And it was the balm my soul needed to hear. God doesn't love me because I'm perfect. God loves me because I'm His child. I'm not saved because of how I behave. I'm saved because of what I believe. The Bible says in 1 John 4.18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out. And I love that word, drives it out. Don't just like, oh, shoo, drives. You get the hell out of here. Go on, get the hell out of here. That's what God, he gets his big stick, get the hell out of here. Oh, yes, God swears every now and then. That's not a swear word in Australia. Sorry, I feel like we need to include that one in the regular vocab. He drives it out because fear has to do with punishment and how many of you have been punishing yourselves over what God has forgiven you over and what His blood covers. Stop it. Don't let fear rob from you anymore. And then it says, the one who fears is just not being made perfect in love. And let that be the mandate for our 2020. Lord, make me perfect in love. In church, we are brilliant at telling God we love Him. Brilliant at singing songs about how much we love God and it's right and it's good. But maybe this year we could also say, God, I know you love me. Maybe this year your confession needs to change to God, I know you love me. I know you love me. When my son was away in rebellion and breaking our heart, I used to pray, God, this is from God, that from God. And the Holy Spirit said to me, Leanne, just pray that he has a revelation of my love for him. That will fix everything. Perfect love casts out fear. What are you afraid of today? It's time. So how do we deal with it as we come to a close? Well, we got to confront it. We have to be honest about it. you got to stop saying, well, I'm just a worrier. I'm just anxious. My mother was a warrior, I'm a warrior too. No, stop it. Then it's, then it's a familiar spirit that God wants to deal with in you. You've got to own it. Stop calling it different names. Stop living with it. And my goal, as much as medication helps people, it isn't the final solution. 
The solution is letting God lay the axe to the tree. Knock that sucker down, timber. And then you can plant something life-giving in your garden. Something that gives you life and peace and joy, fulfillment. See your potential realized. You've got to confront it. King David said, oh God, search me and know me. A lot of us approach church services and messages. Oh God, search them. Know them. Deal with any wicked way within them. But this is perfect. King David, who was not perfect, had the perfect heart posture. Search me. Know me. See that there be no wicked way within me and lead me in the way everlasting. Then we've got to stand up in our authority as believers. We've got to use the weapons of our warfare, which are not carnal. The weapons of our warfare over fear are not control and they are not manipulation to all my girlfriends, sister wives. They are mighty in God. Find your prayer voice. Pray in the Spirit. Get baptized in the Holy Ghost. The Bible says we do not know how to pray as we ought. That's why we pray in the Spirit. I've not prayed as much in the Holy Ghost as I have, as the Lord has said, I want to free you from the final grips, the final fingernail that fear has on your life. We're going to bring it down. We're going to bring it down. You've got to pray in the Spirit. You've got to hold up the shield of faith, the Bible says in Ephesians, for which you can quench every fiery dart of the enemy. Oh, oh excuse me, sorry. How many fiery darts of the enemy can be quenched? Every? Wow, exactly, all of them. And you've been living under what God has given you authority over and then you're going, why well, I don't know what God's doing. He's waiting for you to hold up the shield of faith, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Listen, casting that devil out saying, fear, get out of my life. You will not influence me anymore. Rejecting the wrong spirit, receiving the right spirit, but it doesn't end there. Getting rid of a demon is the easy part. Demons have to obey at the name of Jesus. Every knee will bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. But that same trouble will come back to you unless you fill yourself and meditate on the Word of God. Oh, I don't like reading the Bible. Well, then it sucks to be you because your life won't change. You will not change. It will not change. Oh, I don't wanna read the Bible. Come on, America. So um, here's, what, here's the thing. The Bible says in John chapter 10, my sheep know the sound of my voice and a stranger's voice they will not follow. Do you know why you're following the strange voice of fear? Because it's more familiar to you than the voice of your shepherd. You gotta know what he says, what has he said? So when they come at you, with the arrows of discouragement and arrows of condemnation and arrows of things that are unacceptable. You don't live under it. You confess boldly over it. I know who my God is. A thousand may fall at my side, 10,000 at my right hand, but it will not come near me. It's time to take your power back. For God has not given you a spirit of fear. What has He given you? A spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. We say no to anxiety. We say no to panic attacks. We say no to insomnia. We say no to every lie of the enemy that we've bought as truth. The truth is not changing. God's plans for you are unchanging. He's not changed his mind. He knows how he feels 
about you, about you, about you, and that's not changed. But what do you see? What do you say? What have you read? This is your prescription. This is your medication. Get the Word of the Lord in you so you know how to discern the difference between the thief and the shepherd. My sheep know the sound of my voice and a stranger's voice they will not follow. Who? Are you talking to me? You can talk to both free hands because I ain't listening to you anymore. I know exactly what your plans are and I'm calling you out now and I'm tuning into the voice of my shepherd. Stand to your feet as we come to a close. None of this is accessible to you unless you've given your heart to the Lord. This is an exclusive bunch. Oh, I thought Christianity was inclusive. Yes, it is. But, but, but the key in the lock is saying, Lord, I give you my life. Jesus, take the wheel. I surrender control to you. You're trying to control everything around you. You're trying to control your own life. You're trying to control the people. And God is just saying, give it to me. I am the author and the finisher. If you haven't asked the Lord into your life, today is the day. If you're here and you need to give your life to the Lord, just discreetly as every eye is closed, just lift your hand just so I can see your hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. Wonderful. Yes. So wonderful. Look at all these hands. Praise God. I'm so proud of you. At the conclusion of the service, all eyes on me for a second, my friend over here, standing at the response lounge, wants to have a conversation with you, pray with you, give you a Bible and help you get connected to our family. So don't run off till you've seen them. Lift your hands, church, as I say goodbye. Let's declare this together. Oh God. I declare today that fear will no longer have a hold on me. I reject you, spirit of fear. I serve notice on you. I tell you to get out of my life. I receive the gifts that my Father has given me. Power, love, and a sound mind. I reject the symptoms of fear, anxiety. I reject you. You will not have any place in my life. Worry and trouble. I choose prayer instead. I reject you in Jesus' name. And I declare today that I am a free person, free to love, free to live without fear, and free to take my mountain. Jesus' name, amen, amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.